No, I think that's, and I think that's part of the struggle is I, we have, we're seeing so much um, just sexual immorality and degeneracy in our society today. Um, I mean, it is one of the, it's, it truly, I mean, the magnitude of sexual sin is great. Um, there is repentance, you know, with, when you repent, there is forgiveness and there is, um, you know, redemption from that. Um, so anyone who has fallen behind is like, God has you and he has a future for you. Um, just like mm -hmm. any sin, we have to repent and turn away from that. This episode is brought to you by Living in the Light Co. Brooke started this as a passion project in 2019 while working full-time as a nurse. In 2020, she felt God was calling her to use it as a ministry and left nursing to pursue this full-time. All L-I-T-L Co. apparel is designed custom by Brooke. No items are purchased through mass sellers. All of the bows and scrunchies are wholesale through small U.S. businesses and are handmade. Their goal is to wholesale through more and more small businesses so that customers know where their items are sourced, who is making them, and ultimately can be reassured that when they spend money with them, it is going to wholesome families who are creating beautiful things to support themselves. And personally, my favorite part about them are their priority is to ensure that LITL Co. is 100% spiritually based and run, and they do not cave to culture. So head over to their website, www.litlco.com, and use the code THOSEGIRLS to get 10% off of your purchase. Thanks. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory, and we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Uh, the traditional values part is going to be very important in today's episode. I have my friend Ashley, who we've met on Instagram like a year, over a year-ish ago. I don't know. Maybe two years. Yeah, probably at the beginning of the the Miss Rona. Um, we started following each other on Instagram and we like chat occasionally and always like hype each other up and things like that. So I'm really excited to have her on and we're just going to talk about, it's going to be another one of those episodes where we're just talking and we're going to be talking about like traditional values, women, um, femininity that's going to come up, being Christian women specifically as well. So Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me on, Mallory. Um, I was really honored that you wanted to come, have me come on and chat. But yeah, so I grew up in a very traditional household. Those values have always been um, very important to me. And I feel like I would consider myself more of a traditional woman than labeling myself as just a political conservative. 
Um, but I did get involved a lot in just conservative politics. Um, I ran a conservative women's organization on my college campus, um, which definitely opened up a lot of doors. You, um, you and I actually met at the booth um, at one of the political events yes. um, a few years ago. So that's where we first got to connect. So that's kind of a little bit of um, just my backstory of how I got into the waters um, of really being an advocate for traditional values. Awesome. So I think um, we could start off just generally, like, what do you think of when you hear traditional values? What are some things that you think are traditional, um, even like counterculture? Yeah. So two things, well, I would say three things come to mind. So um, two things come to mind because in my eyes, I think there are a lot of traditional women who don't realize that they're traditional. Um, and I've mm -hmm. also come to realize that there are a lot of non-Christians who identify as traditional women. Um, oh. So it's funny sometimes because you'll find non-Christian women, even atheists. I found some um, even just in conversation on social media who identify as like pagans, um, but also advocate as being, you know, a you know, traditional woman, um, allowing the man to lead. Um, so it's a very interesting dynamic um, that you have to be yeah. careful as you navigate those waters. But I definitely would say when I think of traditional values and what I advocate for is traditional gender roles, um, traditional marriage, and the nuclear family. I think those three things are exceptionally important. Um, and what's unique about all of them is that they stem from our faith and Christianity. I love that. I to, I want to get into something that you said, but I'll wait a second to do that. But I want to respond to the last thing you said about the traditional gender roles, or gender roles, family, the nuclear, you said gender roles, the nuclear family, what was the middle oh, thing? Traditional marriage. Traditional marriage. I think those things are so important. And you would be very surprised, like you said, how many women really do feel that way. And I mean, I always think about, I have this friend who, um, is very much like girl boss and we can get into that too which <laughs> i don't necessarily have a problem with girl boss and like we've kind of had a conversation about that about like you can still anyway but we'll get into that later but anyway she's like very traditional or very girl boss like um before she started dating this guy um i don't really need a man and uh read this book mal like we are in this is that and then as soon as she got this boyfriend it's just like she automatically slumped back into the role of a traditional girlfriend. But if you ask her, she will not. Like, she will deny it to this day. If you're listening, love you, but that's how you're acting. Um, but it's just so crazy how I think just naturally we do that, especially because those of us that are born into Christian families that, and that see our parents do that. Because my parents and her parents both um, are still together, which is also very rare nowadays, especially within our generation, which is why I do think yeah, and I do think that that's part of the problems we're having in dating now is a lot of people in this generation, their parents aren't together. So their parents aren't together, so they haven't seen a good, healthy marriage. So then they're going into these relationships. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, but I do think sometimes I go on like ra random tangents, but um, I do think um, like the traditional is really, it's how we're strong. And, and I'm very much a person of order. So for example, gender roles, I like to have order. I, And I think most women, if you put them in a situation where they have the opportunity to, um, you know, not, I don't want to say to serve because that sounds so like, 
30s, but like to cater to their man, for example, like cook and clean and be able to stay home and like do other things like that. Most women would be a helper. Most women would. They'll whine and complain about it before, but then if they do marry someone like filthy rich and they're like, hey, do this, then, oh, you know what? It's no problem. I'll do whatever he wants. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And um, the other thing I wanted to say about what you said um, and to go in like that direction is um, I should have written it down because now I lost my train of thought. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but let's switch gears for a second. So um, when we're talking traditional values, let's just go ahead and get into the girl boss thing. When we're talking traditional values, I know that I don't, I consider myself like I'm all for what you just said, but I do not consider myself like in the trad community because of the whole, I do, you know, I'm running a podcast. I have a career. Um, If I did marry someone that did not want me to have a career, I absolutely would be like, okay, like, you know, nine to five is not for me, but yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to provide for yourself. Um, So I don't consider myself in that, but we've had conversations where we've talked about it um, and about like how you can still have passions and things like that. Why do you think people feel as if it's hard, feels that they can't do that if they're considered traditional? Yeah. So this is actually a topic that comes, I, you know, engage in a lot because there's, there's a lot of um, confusion, I think, around the idea of a woman being a traditional woman. Um, you have one side who says you can be traditional, but you also can have passions, you can have hobbies, um, you know, you can bring in an income. And then you have the other side who's like, no, like you can't, like you can't do anything. If you leave the kitchen, then like all of a sudden, like you're not a traditional woman. And I'm all for being in the kitchen. I love cooking. I think women, um, you know, I think women are designed to care for those that nurture. are around them in their life, for children, mm-hmm. you know, to nurture, to be a nurturer. We are best at that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're looking at it from a biblical perspective, Proverbs 31, you have the Proverbs 31 woman and she, you know, she was wise with money. She knew how to invest. She was educated. Um, she would you know, look for the best deals. She got up early before everybody else did. And she worked um, so that she had food to provide for her family, the best food. She had clothes to provide. She sewed, you know, so she was a woman of many talents. um, And she wasn't someone who just sat in the corner and was lazy. Um, But I think we come into conflict with that because of our society today, which is Mm -hmm. so girl boss. It's so girl power. um, It's all, you know, female entrepreneurship, which there's nothing wrong with making an income. Um, I think that what we have to identify, though, um, that differs between being a worldly woman and a traditional godly woman um, when it comes to the workforce and also being a traditional, you know, a traditional biblical woman is what are our priorities and are we putting mm. our job and our aspirations and our ambitions before our first priority, which is our family. So that would be your husband, well, God, and then your family, which is your husband and then your children. So, cause if your house is out of order, if your marriage is out of order, um, your life is going to be out of order. And we are seeing that time and time again Mm -hmm. in many different families. Like you just mentioned, these marriages are falling apart um, because people's priorities are out of order. 
And um, there's a lot of selfishness where people can't learn to let go of certain things or make sacrifices for the benefit of their marriage, their family, their church, their community. Yeah, I, as you were speaking, I thought of a very popular family that we all know, and I wouldn't say we all love, but the Kardashian West family, I think it's just a perfect example of kind of that <laughs> disordered, um, not putting your priorities. I think another example I can think of, and this is so small, and I don't mean to judge this woman, but when I went to see the Batman last week, a lady brought a legit like baby, like a baby baby to the movie. And the movie was at like nine o'clock at night. And it's like, it wasn't really gory, but it was violent. Like, it's just not a place to bring the baby. Well, the baby started crying and everybody's like, uh, hello, like we're trying to watch this movie. But the thing was, and she got mad at the baby, even though it's like, no, the baby's just being a baby. Yeah. All that to say, I think that's just an example of like, we've kind of messed up our priorities. Like, I'm sure I'm, the movie was great. So I get why she would want to go. But I do think that if you're a mom, your priority should be, you know what, maybe my infant, like my baby baby should be at home sleeping instead of like at a movie. So yeah, I definitely, I like what you said about, like, the difference, like, our priorities. Um, definitely. Yeah. And just to touch on another point, I think, you know, um, and this is kind of, we're seeing a, a shift where this is moving into the church um, even more so, but it's just this emphasis of, you know, like you said, being a girl boss, um, you know, I think it's moving into this um, idea where it's very self-glorifying. And so mm -hmm. we're finding our value in all of these other things because for, you know, the university system, um, you know, culture, social media is all telling women that being a stay at home mom, being a homemaker, being a um, being a wife, being a mother is not enough. And so a lot of women I've talked to feel like just the lies that they have heard throughout their life is that they're not ambitious because they're not going to work for the man, which it's funny. Right. It's funny how that like feminist narrative plays out where they want to eradicate women from the home just so that they can get a paycheck from a man. I was gonna <laughs> so say, it's like, most of those companies are, are, are owned by men, no matter how you slice yeah. it, they're owned by men. So you're yeah. working for another <laughs> so, man. That's not even your man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even your man. Yeah. And I think uh, another issue that we have that I don't know how to fix it is there were years ago, for example, women couldn't even have their own bank accounts. And I think that that, like, I understand why at the time that was probably more acceptable, but I think we're in a season of like overcorrection. Like women couldn't do X, Y, and Z. And there were men who were abusing their power. Absolutely. There were men who were doing things that were unsavory. Sure. But um, now we're like overcorrecting. Now we're doing things that like are more harmful instead of just trying to get right. It's like the pendulum has swung and that's what feminism has turned into. That's it's turned into just making sure we're anti-men instead of like pro-woman. Wow, that's I made that up on the spot. That's actually a good example. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never think so. And I think um, you know, when I talk to when I, you know, just in conversation about the topic of feminism and women's rights, is I think there's a difference between women's rights 
and feminism. Um, you know, and we, you know, because women's rights are very, I mean, it's very basic. It's just, you know, okay, our right to vote, our right to drive a car, our right to have a bank account. Um, but then you, you have that one aspect of it, um, which was a very small aspect because it really just manifested into several different waves that infiltrated and really started in the education system. Um, and so, I mean, we're seeing the effects of that today in many ways, and it's because of social media. I mean, it is just magnifying and it's multiplying and spreading like um, you wouldn't believe. I don't know how to slow that. I think the only yeah. solution to slowing that down is, um, is I mean, it's, it's God, the church. Yeah. It's the church, you know, but even it's, it's even infiltrating the church now. So it is, it's very crafty. It's very crafty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in a Facebook group for um, reformed singles. That is interesting. Um, and I don't necessarily <laughs> consider myself reformed, but I do, I agree with some of the, some of the theology I do agree with. But anywho, I'm in this group and someone posted about, uh, they said something like, how has purity, uh, purity culture hurt you? And it's just so crazy, like how many people commented and all of the store I was like reading different people's stories and I don't want to take away anyone's story that's not what I'm about to say anyone listening um but I do think that purity is important and I think that it could have definitely been um people could have misused it because listening to some of those people's stories like there were people who really were terrible like that really there were pastors who were abusing their power um but I think the concept in general is not wrong, but it's so many people are so broken and hurt, which is what a church is. It's full of broken, hurt sinners. Some people are broken and hurt that they're just doing, going about the exact opposite, trying to do any and everything that's like against what we know is, is right, essentially. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, purity is it kind of has like this taboo connotation to it. Like people just, when yeah. you hear about it, they kind of like cringe. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. I almost kind of cringe when we talk about, like, <laughs> about it because I'm like, oh, like you want to talk about that. And I, you know, I'm one of those people who's saving themselves for marriage. I think that that's very important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even aside from being a Christian, if you look at the statistics from, you know, the family Institute, it talks about those who save themselves for marriage have the lowest divorce rates and the happiest marriages. Um, so just looking at the science, you know, and the studies alone, that's, you know, very convicting, but, you know, as a Christian, I grew up in many different churches, um, primarily Baptist churches, we kind of moved around a lot. So that was, um, the only, the only problem, but one of the, um, Baptist churches I went to, it was kind of, it was smaller. So it was mixed with middle school and high school. So this was Oof. a pretty heavy topic for young people years, um, younger years. And, um, I remember they took a, this is when I just like, I had enough cause I felt the representation was just so off, but they took a teddy bear and they nailed it to a piece of wood. And they said that, and then they ripped the teddy bear off of the wood. And they said they had all the fuzz that just flew out of the bear. And they said, this is what happens to your heart when, you know, you, you don't date or you don't, um, practice purity God's way. 
And oh, <laughs> that's been extreme. Um, that it would kind of leave like a new uh, a new interested believer. Um, wow! To hear that, and that kind of scarred and startled. <laughs> um, to just see this teddy bear flying like in front of a bunch of twelve year olds. Um, you know, twelve to sixteen. And that's what I mean. Um, like. They def- there are people yeah. who really messed up. Like they did not <laughs> articulate the truth properly. That, that, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I think that's and I think that's part of the struggle is I we have we're seeing so much um just sexual immorality and degeneracy in our society today. Um, I mean, it is one of the it's it truly, I mean, the magnitude of sexual sin is great. Um, there is repentance, you know, with, when you repent, there is forgiveness and there is, um, you know, redemption from that. Um, so anyone who has fallen behind, like God has you and he has a future for you. Um, just mm-hmm. like any sin, we have to repent and turn away from that. But it is one of those sins where you sin against your own body. And so I think mm-hmm. they, a lot of churches take the magnitude of that. And because it's so great, they don't know how to communicate it in a way that touches people's hearts. Um, because it really does come down to that because the way that men and women both view, um, you know, sexual interaction and intimacy is very different. Um, and so communicating how important it is and the benefits of waiting, um, I think is something that needs to be communicated properly. Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, we're not, our culture is just so, I mean, we can transfer over to dating now, <laughs> just mm-hmm. the topic of dating. Our culture is just so obsessed with like instant gratification yes. that um, it's, it has turned, it, it has infiltrated the church for one and churches, people who are trying to, even like, you know, me as a cousin trying to talk to younger cousins, it's hard to it's hard to make something, it's hard to make that seem interesting without doing the dramatics, which is why I, I, like, that is awful to rip apart a teddy bear, but I get where they're coming from. Like, I understand the passion. In my school, we did the flower, the whole flower thing, you pass it around, and yeah, and like, I didn't think too much about it. Like, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like I'm the worst for these type of conversations, but I like to have them because I know I'm not the only person, but I feel like I'm very rare. Like I didn't think too much about it. I was like, oh wow, that's terrible. And then like kind of just moved on. Like I just didn't, like it wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to have, I knew I was going to wait. So it wasn't like, it didn't change my mind either way. I feel like yeah. for me personally, but I do know tons of people who are very traumatized by that. Yeah. Um, and I think, but it's just so hard to have these conversations with people when we're so obsessed with instant gratification. And I mean, even with like the apps, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you can meet a guy, for example, or I'll say a girl, girl, you can meet up with somebody and then the next day you can meet someone else and they can actually be more fun or more attractive. So then you stick with that. And then because we don't, the way we date now isn't so like, oh, I like you, you like me, all right, let's date. Now we're, I like you, you like me. All right, let's see a little bit longer and a little bit longer. So you can start, this is why I, I personally like, I hate dating because I hate 
when you're in that phase right at the beginning where you're getting to know each other, what's your favorite color? What are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> oh, on the phone. Oh, yeah, this is so fun talking. And you do it for about a month. And then all of a sudden, like, there's nothing. And then you have to go through that and that emotional pull all over again. Mm-hmm. And it's um, and that's just like kind of what our culture has become is turned into this um, like obsessed thing. And it's already hard when you're trying to save yourself, when you're, you know, making it known like, hey, actually, I won't be having sex with you. So then it already eliminates like more than half of the 75 percent of the men. <laughs> yeah, I already eliminates 75 percent of the men. And I'm sure it's just as bad for uh, guys now, too, though, like realistically, I mean, hearing some of my friends talk, I'm just like, y'all, I don't know how y'all do it. Like, I can't hold someone's hand without, like, imagining my life with them. So I don't know how you can do all this other stuff. Um, Anyway, but yeah, like, it's it's changed so much. And I think, like you said, the only way we can fix it is through prayer and through God. Like, I, and I think also, too, like, us being able to speak up and speak out and just trying to promote things that are like not um feeding that culture i think too yeah definitely you know there are so many of my friends who i love dearly like these women have such amazing characteristics and just hearts of gold um but they are having the hardest time finding godly um men who are not passive And I think that's one of the other struggles is because we have, um, you know, and I love the church. I I know I've been making comments and I love the church and the church is essential, but I think the church is in a critical place right now because it's, it's being tested. Either you're going to stand with the world or you're going to stand um, with God. And, you know, God tells us to pick us, pick up our cross and follow him. And so we're very careful to not wanting to um, offend other people with the truth. Um, so, but I love the church, but the problem, I think, you know, we're seeing, and I know from my, my own experience, um, before I met my fiance is I was in church and I just couldn't find a man with a backbone. Um, yeah. very agreeable. Everything I said, they agreed with, there was no, um, healthy debate. There was no, um, deeper interest, um, or even deep theology. I'm having a hard time finding a guy that wants to like talk theology in general not even like i'm not saying you know what's your eschatology i'm just saying like (laughs) let's talk about romans you know it's kind of hard to find that yeah yeah i think it's you know it's i and i'm i might say something i mean i don't don't know we'll see but i want a man who knows more than me i want a man who knows more than me i want a man who um is capable and stronger in areas where he can lead me and lead my family teach my family and my son's things that i can't yes Um, and so when i when i was dating and i was you know looking for potential suitors um if i couldn't even hold a conversation that was below surface level. Like if it just wasn't cutting the surface of how's your day, how's the weather, um, it just wasn't going to work. And then, you know, I think the other thing is, is that there are a lot of men in the church who are passive to the sense that they won't even pursue. And I think that was also, is that they want to be friends with the woman before they'll actually ask her out. So, um, and I, and I think that's also can be kind of tricky, um, trying to find men who will just, be cur- you know, have enough courage just to ask her yeah. to know that she's interested because it shows initiative. You can get things done. You'll be able to provide. Um, yeah. But it's, I feel like it's just this huge web 
and it's just tangled in a bunch of different like causes and effects of all the different problems <laughs> that we're facing. Yeah, today. it really is like, and the root of it all. Well, first I want to say this, um, and with the initiative thing, I agree. I personally have never asked anyone out. I don't ever, I, I never will. I really don't think <laughs> that women should. I know that that's kind of like the new thing. Even Christians are like, yeah, ask a guy yeah. out. Maybe he's shy. Proposing I personally, oh yeah. Propose- <laughs> oh my gosh. No, uh, not, not me. I, I do not recommend anyone listening. Do not recommend. Um, I just, I think like, uh, with, men I think sometimes they have been hurt so much because I have seen girls kind of be like ah, no and like uh, I'm sure that's painful like just a simple no thank you and then move on like it doesn't have to be that big but I do think I know for myself like I want someone who like you I everything you said I agree with I want someone who's bolder than me so I need you to like be bold and approach and one of my friends was like well what if he's too shy personally then I don't really like that like I'm not into that like I I want someone who is going to match my energy at the very least but I want someone who is further along in their spiritual walk with Christ than me I want someone who is smarter than me um not too much smarter but smarter (laughs) than me um and I think these are good things like these are I feel like it's so taboo to say like girls you should not you want your intellect or your um what is it intellectual equivalent and it's like not really i want to grow and the only way you're going to grow is if someone strong or like smarter i'm gonna say better but there's no better there's one um we're equal in god's uh care about us but anyway um and then the other thing I was going to say that you said, oh, I should be writing these down. You're making really good points. And I'm like trying to remember to comment on them. Um, what was the last thing you said? Do you remember? Um, well, we were talking about the passivity of men. Oh, you were saying um, about just all of the different things. So it's oh, really yeah. a combination of like what is truly like hurting dating especially in the church and like i think let's stick i want to stick on the church because as christians we really should only be dating other christians um if you're listening and you're you're not a christian um this part is not really going to apply to you um i would love for you to come and reach out and talk to me about it but this part is not going to apply to you because as christians the bible tells us to not be equally yoked and i know that um i've had conversations with some of my friends and they have suggested um oh well what if you maybe you're just being a little too harsh about the christian thing like someone can come to christ but i really think as a woman i cannot like i will not i refuse to i cannot be with someone who's not a christian because also to even to the traditional values i don't know i just couldn't trust the man to lead me if he wasn't following christ i think about um do you know about like the mano, like alpha males and stuff like that? The manosphere. Okay. You know Myron, like from Fresh and Fit? Um, I think so. Sounds very familiar. Okay. He's like tall. He's black. He's like the 666, six feet, six figures, six pack. Okay. I actually haven't seen, I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, that's like, anyway, Myron is like part of the alpha males. And really quick for you guys who don't know, these are like guys that are very for traditional values. They come off a little bit too much, I'm not going to lie. And they can be a little mean, but they're, you know, all of these things. And like, 
the thing is like he's the perfect six six pack he makes six figures and um he's over six feet anyway myron's not a christian and what always um what always like concerns me about listening to him and he's very much a traditional man he's like uh the man is like the household this is that but i not that like there would ever be a chance between me and myron but <laughs> if in some alternate universe we met i was in miami for some reason and we cross paths and whatever i could never because at the end of the day like someone who is going to be like that if they're not committed to god if they're not following god they can abuse that type of power and we have to remember like when you're dating ladies you have to remember the guy is supposed to like cherish you like the him leading you isn't like submitting isn't supposed to be this evil awful thing that people make it out to be i think like everything else in the past, there were definitely men who were abusing it. I have no doubt about that. I'm sure people have seen and experienced some terrible things. But if it's what the Bible tells us to do, so we have to do it, whether we feel like doing it or not, is what the Bible tells us to do. Not only that, if they're going by the Bible standards, you won't have to worry about that. And that's why it's just so important to be with a guy that is submitted to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned submission. It's like that, it's that word we like to whisper in church. Yeah. It's that word yeah. we like to talk about. Um, because that's when you know, all of, all the women all of a sudden like perk their heads up and they're, you know, get really defensive. Oh, submission, like, excuse me. Um, and I think, you know, we have a, like you were saying, it's a very, um, we kind of get very defensive about it and are like, do we have to do that? Um, but I think our view of it is, um, a little bit skewed because, you know, there's a book I've been reading, um, called power of a praying wife. And it's by Stormy. I think it's by like Stormy O'Martin. But she did a bunch of them. It's like power of a praying husband, um, you know, power praying parent. Um, But the power praying wife one has 30 different prayers. And they're just ways that you can intercede for your husband um, before talking to him about a conversation or whatever it may be. Um, And a lot of them focus on his heart and his decisions um, and different things that may keep him from making the right decision. Um, And I think what I'm learning, at least as a fiance and having to navigate, um, you know, future big life decisions is when it comes to submission and I'm a big control freak. Like I like to put my hands on the steering wheel. Um, So it's like, you need a man who's going to be able to kind of take the forefront and be like, I got this. Yeah. Um, which is why you can't be with someone who's passive. Um, Ex- yeah. You know, because you need <laughs> yep. someone to say, I got the wheel. Um, yeah. To be able to relinquish your trust. But submission, in my eyes at least, is, you know, you're seeing your husband and he could be making a bad, heading towards a bad, you know, down a bad path to make a bad decision. Um, but as a Christian and as a woman, you're being obedient to God by trusting him to, to lead your husband, to make the right decision. And even Mm. if your husband makes the wrong decision, God will honor your obedience by obeying him and submitting to your husband's leadership. So it's, it's just one of those things. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And, um, Sounds you know, really as, I hard. Enter, as I enter marriage as a control freak, I will definitely be stretched in that area. But, um, there's so much peace in it. And I wish so many, so many more women 
we're able to just let go and to be able to breathe and to, you know, really see how God uses their husband to lead their family and their marriage. It's like a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish we could have these conversations and talk more about this Yeah, in so many different in different settings i mean definitely for listening make sure you share this but because like i really don't think like girls aren't being told about submission in this way they're being submission is talked about as you just blindly follow your spouse and i mean it's it's so much more than that and i think what you said was so beautiful and i wish we could have these conversations like these are the things that need to be shared and talked about and spoken about like if you're listening share this with your friends this should start a conversation if you're dating someone if you're dating someone and you're in a relationship and you don't feel as it well back up if you're married to someone you don't necessarily. i don't i'm on the fence about submitting in a relationship what do you think about that submitting it while you're in a relationship um uh, i would not submit to your boyfriend i would not yeah I, god calls us to submit to our husbands um but not to your boyfriend. Your boyfriend is not committed to you eternally. Um, and in that way, you don't owe him anything. I would allow him the room to lead and see if he's capable of doing so. Um, but submission, you know, Vodi Bakum, love him. He is so killer. Yes, he talks yes. about this a lot. So um, oh, okay. he talks about, uh, he did a whole sermon series, like series, and I think he wrote a book about um, what he must be in order to marry my daughter. And he talks about oh, what a man must this. be in order to marry his daughter. Um, yeah. And he talks about um, he talks about a, a lot about this, but not for boyfriends, husbands only. Those are those are wifey wifey privileges, yeah. <laughs> wifey okay. duties. Yeah, I've had. They weren't necessarily like a spiritual leader; just like an older person in a church had a conversation with me, and we were talking about like submission, and they were saying like you should start submitting when you're dating because you're not going to be able to just turn it off when you're married. And at first I was like, yeah, you're totally right. I'll do that. Like, mm -hmm. and I remember this is so dumb, but I wanted to go to this um, Halloween party, which now I'm on the fence about Halloween parties, but at the time I really wanted to go. And he was like, I don't think we should go. And I was like, no, I really want to go. And he was like, I really don't think we should go. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll submit. And that's so stupid and dumb. But like looking back, like I could have gone. Like if I wanted to go to this party, it was not that big of a deal. But yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so if you're married, too. That's true too. Like if, especially if it was like, no, don't move. Like that would have been like, okay, like sex with me. Submit. Yeah. You know, some men will yeah. pull that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's someone you should run. Run <laughs> very fast and far from. Um, but like I was saying, like if you are in a marriage and you don't find yourself submitting, I think like um Bodie Bauckham's series would be good. I think there are just things that you just we really should be thinking about because it is hard in society. Because everyone around, no one around you, it feels like, is submitting. Other than some, not even all, some Christian women. So it's kind of hard in society to feel comfortable doing that, to be okay with that. And, um, yeah, I just think that's just something, if you're listening, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I think you should, seriously, like, the Bible calls us to it. But we have to make sure we're doing it within the terms of the Bible. Because once you get out of that, it's disordered. People can be hurt. So many things can go wrong. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I'll say, you know, one of the other things is that is so important is having a community of women around you. Um, because, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy all the time. And I think one of the most important things is having, you know, a godly, maybe not telling everybody in your small group, you know, things yeah, are going no. through, but one person, um, who is like your soul sister in Christ to go to bat with you and say, I need you to intercede. I need you to pray for this. You know, I'm struggling to be that wife for my husband. Um, it's also, I think that's what we're supposed to do, you know, as sisters in Christ, but don't yeah. tell everybody your problems. That's, that's one way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Do not. And I don't think you should also, this is just a side note. Yeah. If you're married, I really don't think you should be telling your single friends, like a lot of your issues. Sometimes my, like one or two of my married friends have come to me with like asking for advice. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think the wrong person to ask. Like, I, can't tell you like ask your mom I'm just not the right person and it's not even like in a mean like rude way it's just you're in different seasons and I can't even begin to understand what a marriage is let alone someone else's marriage if I'm not in one myself um yeah so yeah that's a really good point yeah and I think uh I also like what you said just though having those women I think that um having good godly Christian women around you is so important. Mm -hmm. I know that I can always tell when I am not in, um, when I'm not surrounded by godly women, I can always tell that like my, not my influence. I don't want to make it seem like, yeah, I just do with whoever's around me, but you can, you know, like things like you can feel yourself. We're all different. We're not different people around our different friends, but different parts of you come out when you're around different people and I can always it's just it's so much better when you're around good Christian godly women I really encourage everyone listening to find that group find those women and try to um grow with them somehow I don't know Uh, yeah um trying to think what else in traditional values like what other topics We've talked about friends, talked about relationships. We've talked about in the home, gender. Yeah, we can get into gender roles. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Why do you think um, society is so against gender roles? It kind of ties into the topic we were just discussing, which, you know, just pertaining to marriage, just to touch on that, is I think one of the other reasons why submission is so hard is because we also don't understand gender roles. Um, so we look at men, even in the church, as being like these oppressive patriarchs. Um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Beth Moore. Yes. Yes. Okay. So she was um, she was part of the Southern Baptist Convention. She's part of the FBC. She was a very, um, she still is a, a very well-known um, speaker. I used to follow her on um, Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah. Used so my to, mom, you know. <laughs> Used to, used to. Used I follow to. just so when I see things pop up, I'm like, uh, yeah. Um, but she, a lot of churches uh, and small groups, women's Bible studies. My mom was in one called the Patriarchs, uh, where Beth Moore covered like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, David, all of like these patriarchs of the Bible who weren't oppressive men. They were just male leaders. Um, they were the heads of their households, heads of their oh. nations and families. Um, and that essentially is what the patriarch is, is this male headship. And so she recently came out um, 
fairly recent, I think within the last year, year or so, um, rejecting all of that. And really, completely, I even have the articles pu- pulled up now, like from the Washington Post. And then there was another one um, I can send to you, but she completely yeah, it to me. and she denounced complementarianism, which basically is just the understanding that, as you said, men and women are equal in God's eyes, but our, um, our gifts and our skills um, are, mm-hmm. are they're just different but we compliment mm-hmm. each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like when, you know, the man goes out and he kills the animal and we come back and we cook it and we feed our, yeah. family, you know? So, um, but she completely came out and she denounced all of that. And so what yeah. even compliment. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. And it's so many women are buying into it now um, yeah. in the church, which is why, you know, feminism is just continuously. It's finding its roots in different areas, but I think when it comes to gender roles, people don't want to think of themselves as having other skills that other people don't have um, that would make them out of balance. Because I think we view like women as being nurturers, as being weak. And so you yeah. have more women who try to compensate as being like overly aggressive. Um, yes. And you have men who are becoming more feminine and it's just like so everything is out of whack in our system. So if you talk about submitting to your husband, like you're gonna get the boot at the at the lunch table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you're so right about the whole like um, off balance thing with mm-hmm. like, for example, if a nurture trying to be more aggressive, like in my in some of the how do I say this politically correct, but not really. Um, in some of the circles I've been in, mm-hmm. you can always tell when a woman has never had power before or when she's not used to other women being in that circle mm-hmm. because they almost all, like, these type of women are just overcompensating. They could really be sweet, nurturing women, but they're overcompensating because, like you said, mm-hmm. um, it's viewed as a weakness. And I always try to say on the podcast, I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it, like our femininity, our softness, our nurturing, these are good, positive qualities. These are not things that are negative. Yeah. I think that's why, for example, in that's why women make great nurses. And I'm not, not saying they can't be doctors, but I'm just saying that's why women make great nurses. That's why women make great teachers. That's why women make great nurse, um, nurturing things. I'm trying to think of what else Yeah, women do to naturally move to. Yeah. They work in the foster care system. Pregnancy resource centers. Like that's why women, because of (laughs) these qualities, these are good qualities, but we've just been in a time and a season where it's just seen as all, these are all seen as just like super negative things that like, you don't want, you don't want them to do that. And it's awful, but I really do want to reiterate everyone listening. Like these are good. It is good. It is a good thing to be a woman. It's not bad. It's not a negative. You don't already have something set set up against you. It's just, we have to, I think it's just really, we have to like, I hate to say it accepts because, like, I just, I've always loved being a girl. So I cannot relate when girls don't want to be girls. But, like, we just have to accept that we are women and that these qualities we have are great. There's nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with them. Definitely. Um, And I think I, you know, I've talked to some other, some other my friends just because, like you said, I've always loved being a girl. 
I've always loved being yeah. a woman um, and not in like this, you know, feminist empowerment way. I just, I like the way God made me, you know, I like, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, I, and I am opinionated. And sometimes I talk to myself in my head, I'm like, you need to reel it in a little bit. Um, because <laughs> I'm just, sometimes I'm just very bold with my, my statements, my um, yeah. conversations, but it's, there. you know, I, I talked to some other women who struggle in that area. Um, and they just had such a grip on this feminist narrative of wanting to be so like empowered and like you were talking about the girl boss, like all their stack, you know, stacks of accomplishments to hold up in comparison to men, um, that they really lost that feminist or that feminine, um, just nature. And so mm -hmm. when they finally let it go, they said they felt so much, um, so much more free to really mm -hmm. embody just being the way that God designed you to be. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like, you know, if you get your doctorate in, I don't know, physicists, yeah. if you're a physicist, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. If you are continually being who God has created you to be, but if you find yourself only really doing it to please other people, only really doing it to show that you're the greatest, then obviously there's something wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure like when you let go, cause it's unnatural. There's a lot of things we can talk about that are unnatural, but like this trying to be masculine, I hate the walking in your masculine energy, but I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Walking in your masculine energy, that's just so unnatural and that's okay. Obviously there's going to be girls who are more, who will pick the basketball over the Barbie doll. Sure. I'm sure that happens was never that girl, but I know they're out there. And that's not really what we're talking about. We're just talking about like your nature, like who you are on the inside. Yeah. So and yeah. I think it, it ties down um, or like, you know, the root of it, the root of it is when you see people who are struggling with gender roles and understanding the strengths of men and the strengths of women um, and how to, how they complement each other is we have an identity crisis and we have an mm -hmm. identity crisis even more in our society than we ever have before. And it's showcased mm -hmm. on your phone and on social media 24 seven. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not even going to touch on the whole, you know, LGBTQ aspect of it with the trans situations, but just in general is we are finding in our identity and trying to mold our identity even more as women. Cause you know, we just, we change our hair when people change their hair, we change our clothes when the trends mm -hmm. go out. Um, but we mold ourselves to the standard of society versus the standard of God. And when we do that, um, not only are we compromising, um, our, our strengths and our, our true abilities, um, but we are really stacking, ourselves um into a corner of where we're just miserable trying to compete uh, amongst other women and against this unreachable and unattainable standard um, that society has set for ourselves um but i think men struggle with that as well as we're seeing now is there's just a lot of feminine a lot of feminine beta males out there yeah a lot and i think <laughs> there are a lot and i think that <laughs> not blaming women, but I do think we have a slight role in the sense of like, we have let it get like this men. Yeah. And I don't mean this in a feminist way, but like the saying of like the man is the head and the woman is the neck. Like, if we had, if we made men to, if we held them to a higher standard, they would be better. Like if we stop 
allowing men to sleep with us whenever they want, they would do it. Because I, I hate to say it, at the end of the day, they, they really want to sleep with you. So if you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I am a Christian. I am, and then he'll, he'll get himself together. Hopefully he'll go talk to some other Christian men and they'll be like, dude, you know? So like, if we are partially to blame, I mean, men have their own agency, but we are like, we have to start holding men to a higher standard. We have to start making them be more accountable for these, for that. Um, to wrap it up, because A, my, um, laptop is dying and B we're almost at an hour um I want to ask you this last question that we ask all of our guests um if every girl in the entire world was looking at you right now and needed some advice what would you give them every girl no pressure every girl with every problem they've ever had yes and it could be about anything (laughs) um can be about anything. It's very short. It's very simple. Um, read your Bible, get into a, a good community. If you've got friends who just are not showing and bearing good fruits, characteristics that you want to be around, if they're gossipy, if your friends, you know, sleep around a lot, if they're heavy drinkers, remove yourself from those situations. Ask God uh, to fill you with a better community. Um, but at the end of the day, read your Bible. That's yeah. literally the best advice. It's all there. Love that. That was good. We can wrap it up on that. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was a really good conversation. I'm really glad we were like, it flowed really well. So thank you so much for coming on. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you like, review, rate, subscribe, tell all your friends. Uh, I think this is just another one of our conversations that we need to have and that we talked about a lot of things but this is just a start i think that when you share this with your friends you can once it's over you can talk about okay well how'd you feel about this how'd you feel about that this is a a fabulous episode to share um let me think what else um make sure you go to our merch store and that's it thanks everybody for listening bye see ya Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.